Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that provides our listeners with an up-to-date overview of Kenya's financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an, an overview of the global markets so as to provide you with a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the major markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That's why I created the Market Color Podcast to collate and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This podcast may also be useful to fund managers and investors, professionals in the financial services sector, business owners and leaders, as well as Kenyans in the diaspora who are looking for investment opportunities back at home. This week, we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 38th week of 2022. That is from Monday the 19th to Friday the 23rd of September. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the U.S., where the Federal Reserve on Wednesday raised its benchmark interest rate by another 75 basis points and indicated it will keep hiking rates in its quest to bring down inflation. This was the third consecutive 75 basis point hike and now takes the Fed funds rate to a range of between 3% to 3.25%, its highest level since 2008. The Fed's main message has not changed and is resolved to bring inflation down to its target level of 2%. The Fed has also signaled its intention to hike rates until it hits a terminal rate or an endpoint of 4.6% in the year 2023. For your information, according to CNBC's September Fed survey of economists and fund managers, there is now a 52% chance that the U.S. economy could fall into a recession in the next 12 months. On Thursday, the Bank of England voted to raise its base rate by 50 basis points, to 2.25%. However, this was below market expectations, which had factored in a 75 basis point hike. The smaller than expected hike was advised by the bank's view that the UK economy may already be in a recession based on the forecast that GDP would contract by 0.1% in the third quarter. Inflation in the UK in the month of August was 9.9% and the Bank of England now expects inflation to peak at about 11% in the month of October. 
In related news, the British pound fell about 3% versus the US dollar on Friday. This was after the United Kingdom government announced a radical economic plan, including tax cuts and investment incentives to boost the country's faltering economy. Moving over to Japan, in a widely anticipated move, the Bank of Japan on Thursday decided to maintain its ultra-low interest rate policy. Following that decision, Japan was forced to intervene in the currency markets to show up the battered Japanese yen, which has depreciated nearly 20% so far this year. This was the first yen intervention since 1998 as the Bank of Japan maintains its super loose monetary policy while its global peers hike rates aggressively in an attempt to cool down surging inflation. It was a brutal week for the financial markets as surging interest rates heightened the fears for a global recession. In the U.S. stock market, Shares tumbled on Friday as the Dow Jones hit a new low for the year and closed below 30,000 for the first time since June 2017. The Dow Jones Industrial Average tumbled 486 points to 29,590. The S&P 500 slid 1.72% to 3,693 while the Nasdaq Composite dropped 1.8% to 10,867. In the U.S. bond market, yields shot through the roof on Friday as the two-year Treasury note hit a 15-year high on the back of the Fed Reserve's latest rate hike. The policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note hit a new record high of 4.26% during the trading session, but later corrected to settle at around 4.19%. Meanwhile, the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond hit an 11-year high of about 3.83%. In the commodity markets, on Friday, the price of oil plunged about 5% to an eight-month low, driven by fears that rising interest rates could tip the global economy into a recession and consequently reduce the demand for oil. Brent crude was down 4.4% to $86.46 a barrel, while the U.S. benchmark, West Texas Intermediate, fell 5.3% to 79.10 US dollars a barrel. Both benchmarks have now recorded declines for the past four consecutive weeks. The price of Marban oil, which Kenya imports, decreased to about $92 a barrel compared to $95 the previous week. The price of gold dropped over 1.5% to its lowest level since April 2020, hammered by a strengthening U.S. dollar as the Fed Reserve maintained its aggressive stance against inflation. Spot gold was down 1.6% at $1,643 per ounce. Given the current risk-off environment characterized by elevated inflation and increased uncertainty, One would expect gold to be trading at a much higher price as investors shift away from riskier assets and depreciating currencies to the safety and stability of gold. However, gold is also highly sensitive to the rising U.S. dollar interest rates 
as it increases the opportunity cost for holding gold, which does not yield any interest. This probably explains the current trend that we are seeing for gold. On the currency front, both the euro and the sterling pound slumped against the US dollar on Friday. This was after a survey showed a steeper decline in business activity across both the United Kingdom and the Eurozone. Sterling hit a fresh 37-year low of 1.1051 to the US dollar, while the euro slipped 0.8% to 0.9736 US dollars, its lowest level since October 2002. We now change scenes to the Kenyan financial markets and we begin as usual with exchange rates. According to data from the Central Bank of Kenya, during the past week, the Kenyan shilling remained stable against both major international and regional currencies. The local unit was changing hands at 120.54 versus the US dollar and 136.93 versus the sterling pound. And to the euro, the shilling was trading at 119.75. And against the regional currencies, one Kenya shilling was exchanging for 31.69 Ugandan shillings and 19.35 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc at 8.77. On foreign exchange reserves, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at 7.44 billion US dollars, which is equivalent to 4.24 months of import cover. This meets the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. However, we are now on the verge of breaching the four-month import cover as our reserves continue to decline from a peak of $8.81 billion recorded on the 30th of December 2021 to the current levels, which is a decline of $1.36 billion US dollars in a period of just nine months. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank money markets was relatively tight as tax remittances more than exceeded and offset government payments. Commercial banks excess reserves in relation to the 5.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 12.3 billion shillings. Open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 5% compared to 3.99% the previous week. During the week, the average number of interbank deals increased to 36 from 34, while the average value traded increased to 30.7 billion shillings from 21.8 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 22nd of September, and the central bank received bids totaling 11.2 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 47%. Interest rates remained stable with a 91-day rate flat at 8.95%. The 182-day rate ticked up by one basis point to 9.62%, while the 364-day rate held steady at 9.90%.
In the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during the week under review, the equities market recorded a mixed performance with the NASI and the NSE 25, gaining by 1.9% and 1.2% respectively, while the NSE 20 declined by 0.1%. This takes their year-to-date performance to losses of 19.3% for the NASI, 15% for the NSE 25, and 8.8% for the NSE 20. The market's performance was mainly driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks, such as NCBA, which increased by 8.4%, Safaricom rose by 3.2%, BAT inched up by 2.2%, and Standard Chartered Bank ticked up by 1.1%. However, these gains were moderated by losses recorded by stocks such as Cooperative Bank and ABSA, which declined by 2.4% and 1.3% respectively. Market capitalization rose by 0.6%, while equity turnover declined by 7.2%. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya is looking to raise a total of 60 billion shillings for budgetary support and has invited bids for the following bonds, whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first bond is a reopened bond, reference number FXD1, stroke 2017, stroke 10, with 4.9 years left to maturity and a coupon at 12.96%. The second bond is also a reopened bond, reference number FXD1, stroke 2020, stroke 15, with 12.3 years left to maturity and a coupon at 12.75%. For the reopened bonds, the central bank is looking to raise 40 billion shillings. The bonds are now open for sale until Tuesday, the 4th of October. The third bond is a fresh issue. Bond reference number FXD1 stroke 2022 stroke 25. That means it's got 25 years to maturity and the coupon will be market determined. For the fresh issue, the central bank is looking to raise 20 billion shillings. The new bond is also open for sale until Tuesday, the 18th of October. We now move on to the topical issue for this week. Our topic for discussion is the impact of U.S. dollar interest rates on Kenya's national debt. The difficulty in accessing the dollar debt market is hurting emerging markets like Kenya and could create a potential accident in the near future. This statement was attributed to the governor of the Central Bank of Kenya, Dr. Patrick Joroge, during his recent visit to the United States. He further stated that the policies being adopted by the world's major economies, in particular the aggressive increase in interest rates, will have negative implications in the financial markets. Currently, emerging market countries have been frozen out of the international markets, making it difficult for them to maintain sustainable borrowing relationships in the capital markets. The warning comes after Kenya was unable to tap the eurobond market earlier this year due to the high cost of borrowing as investors were demanding rates as high as 22%. The spike in rates has been caused by the aggressive rate hikes initiated by the major central banks, which in turn has pushed the cost of borrowing out of reach, especially for emerging market countries. This means that Kenya will find it very difficult to access affordable new loans to repay its existing foreign debts as they fall due. 
In the current fiscal year, the Kenya Revenue Authority is projected to collect about 2 trillion shillings in revenues. And out of this amount, the Treasury estimates that about 1.36 trillion shillings will be spent on debt repayments, underlining the heavy debt burden that the new government has inherited. The Kenyan president, William Ruto, was also in the U.S. for his first United Nations General Assembly. And in his maiden address to the assembly, the president appealed to the World Bank and the IMF to consider rescheduling the debts for developing nations as they struggled to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. The new government has inherited a national debt of 8.6 trillion shillings at a time when the international debt markets are inaccessible due to the high premiums being demanded by foreign investors. In addition, the International Monetary Fund has classified Kenya's debt as being at a high risk of default, with debt service repayments consuming about 63% of tax revenues. We now look at the economic calendar for next week. On Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, both the European Central Bank President, Christine Lagarde, and the Chairman of the Fed Reserve, Jerome Powell, will be giving speeches at different forums. And as usual, the markets will be listening for their comments for forward guidance on policy direction. On Thursday, we have the U.S. Gross Domestic Product for Quarter 2 to give us an indication of economic growth in the United States. On Friday, we have the Chinese manufacturing data for the month of September to give us a feel of the business conditions in the Chinese manufacturing sector, which is key for the global economy as China is viewed as a manufacturing hub for the world. On Friday, we are also expecting the gross domestic product for the United Kingdom for quarter two to give us an indication of economic growth in the UK. Please note that Friday will be a holiday in China. The Chinese will be celebrating their national day. Therefore, Chinese banks will be closed for business. And back at home, the Central Bank's Monetary Policy Committee will meet on Thursday, the 29th of September. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, in addition to our usual audio directories, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, the Market Color Podcast is now available on YouTube. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhurig at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. And as I sign off, I would like to send a shout out 
to the greatest marathon runner of all time, that is Elliot Kipchoge, who today broke his own world record by 30 seconds in the Berlin Marathon. The new marathon record now stands at 2 hours, 1 minute and 9 seconds. We thank you Kipchoge for being such a wonderful brand ambassador for Kenya and for continuously inspiring us to believe in ourselves and to reach out for our dreams. And until next week, remember, no human is limited. Thank you and God bless.